In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at StreamGrace.com or email us at support at StreamGrace.com. God bless. Well, hello there and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable, because here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. And we want to thank you for listening to another Stream Grace Network podcast. And uh, I'm excited about my guest today, uh, John Yule. I'm going to refer to you as John Yule Sr., that's fine because I've had uh, your son Johnny Yule All Jr. Right. <laughs> on a couple podcasts, so no one gets yeah, confused. Sure. Um, because today we're going to talk about. Typically, we would talk about you and your background. Sure. Nope, not interested. All right, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> no, that's not remotely true. No, but what I want to talk about today um, is is the state of today. Yeah. So, and I want to talk about it from the standpoint of um, the Lord you know, spiritual things, prophecy. We got a lot of people that will listen to this podcast that aren't necessarily regular churchgoers. And right. so, um, but they do have a background. A lot of them have a background in faith and, and I think they're wondering what's going on right now. Right. And so, um, you know, I think that's the thing. First off, let me just ask you, um, I mean, what, how do you feel about the state of the United States right now? <laughs> And and just so everyone knows, because things change on the regular. Sure. This is being recorded on January 13th. Right. Seven days before the inauguration right. of President-elect Joe Biden. Right, right. Well, of course, um, I come to understand years ago that we I live in two worlds at the same time. I live in this natural world, but then there's a spiritual kingdom as a Christian I'm a part of. From the natural standpoint, I have a lot of uh, apprehension. I had a lot of disappointment you know as far as uh, what i thought uh, i wanted to see happen in the election uh, i had a lot of consternation because i felt like there's a lot of um, evil that that worked behind the scenes and uh, all this kind of stuff that can happen in the political arena mm-hmm. um, but um, being a spiritual man i have to be willing to step back and look at the broader picture from uh, the spiritual perspective and understand that god has a plan over and above man's plans and regardless of how I see things or feel physically, uh, I need to seek the wisdom and counsel of God. I need to look at things from God's perspective because he has an end in mind. <clears throat> and the processing doesn't always agree with me and what I, how I want him to process right. things. But yet I know that in the end, he's working a righteous work. He's, he's endeavoring to 
um, uh, get the gospel to people, to transform lives, to establish his ultimate kingdom in the earth, uh, according to scripture. And so um, I guess from uh, just a simple uh, answer, I have to keep my flesh under subjection and just keep praising the Lord, trusting the Lord that he's working his work in spite of what I may not like. Yeah. So I have this really, uh, I call it an advantage of being registered libertarian and and having the, um, you know, agreeing in general with the platform of libertarian. Um, And I call it an advantage because you, you're, it's like you're Sweden. You're a little neutral. Yeah. Even though I may have, I mean, I, I voted for Trump. I supported Trump, but for a number of reasons, um, now, this is what I want to ask you, because you voted for Trump. You yes. support Trump. Yes. Um, I have come under fire, mm-hmm. as anybody who voted for Trump right. has done. Right. Um, but especially in terms of my faith as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it's from other people who are Christians. Um, and the question is, how can you be a Christian mm-hmm. and vote for, quote, that man? Mm-hmm. Now, before you give your answer to mm-hmm. that... Um, I think that that's indicative of a single voter issue, mm-hmm. right? A single, like there's a thing that you don't like about this one right. candidate right. and it disqualifies them across the board. Right. My position, my answer has been, I didn't like any of my choices for the last 25 years, sure. <laughs> but I did prefer one over the other. Right. If, if I have to, if, if I got diagnosed with a disease and the option was surgery or medication, yeah. I'm not high, happy about either <laughs> right. option, sure. but I'm probably going to take medication. Yeah. So, right, right. Well, and again, um, is it the man or is it the platform and what he's running on? Yeah. You know, if you look at man, the man's flawed, Mm -hmm. men are flawed and nobody's perfect. Nobody's holy and righteous in any and every way. And I think the church sometimes just because of a man, maybe his past, we all have a past. Thank God for his grace and forgiveness or where would any of us be? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes if we just go get honed in on the person and the personality, we miss the ultimate picture of what is he advocating? Mm-hmm. And you look at the difference in the two platforms to me, I don't know how anybody could not have voted for Trump just based on what he's advocating in the platform yeah. for freedom and liberty and everything that we all believe in as, as true uh, Americans, I think. Uh, <clears throat> and so that's what I have tried in spite of the flaws of whoever is running, what what are we advocating? What are we standing for? And certainly, um, I'm anti-abortion. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I believe in the freedom of speech. I believe in the right to bear arms and all the stuff that he advocates that, that, um, uh, you know, Americans have always believed in. And, uh, and it's yet- weird to me, by the way, that we have to advocate for something that is an actual right actual already right. in the Amendments to the Constitution, yeah, right? Yeah. That's weird to me. That sure. that shouldn't be up for conversation. It shouldn't be. But the other side's talking to repeal all that, change all that, you right. know. And and we've seen, without getting too far into this, we've seen their tactics, mm. their their brutality, their abuse, their their threats. We know where your children go to school. We know where you live. So you better line up with us, or you're going to have all kinds. Now the left th- would say the right's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the thing I think is so yeah. interesting about that. But I yeah. haven't heard that. Well, and that's the thing. Exactly. You haven't. And, and, and this, uh, this gets back to the libertarian side, yeah. right? So I have, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say I have a foot in both camps. Right. What I do is observe both sure. camps. And, sure. and, and it's interesting to me because this moves on to the, this realm of who do you trust? 
Uh-huh. You know, somebody asked me, because I have zero hope for the nation yeah. <laughs> in terms of its longevity yeah. Yeah. Uh, as it was, let's say, 30 years ago or yeah. something. I don't know. Sure. Um, uh, so so they've asked me, you know, what's my thought process? Why do I think? Well, I think the the downfall of our nation began the moment we lost an objective free press. Right. Because at that point, they were the watchdogs mm-hmm. of everything right. corporation of mm-hmm. uh, government even individuals right. right um and so when you start to see and maybe they've always had an agenda and they probably mm-hmm. have to some degree but now it's so blatant right. that it has degraded the trust of the american people right. on both sides if you watch fox news and you watch cnn you get two yeah. different narratives sure. well and maybe it's now more newsmax and <laughs> yeah, fox news or right. uh, cnn yeah and so you have to so for the american people what what our choices are is digest everything, yeah, and try to sift out the the details that are the same, right? And then take that story and build our own narrative, right? Based on the the facts. The problem with that is, is the facts rarely line up. Rarely line up, yeah. And and yeah. so then you're left with people like not exactly like me, but people on podcasts who are doing kind of the same thing, just trying to get some really great journalist. I think Tim Pool's a great journalist mm-hmm. who is an independent guy. <clears throat> he tries to. He, he reads a lot of news stories, but he goes out and he does a lot of research on right. his own, right. but he's still going to be limited. Sure. So how do we, Yeah. <laughs> this is where the hope is like, how do you know what's yeah. right? Right. So yeah. I go back to the echo chamber, the left lives in the yeah. echo chamber, the right lives in yeah. all talk about how the other is coming at them. Right. Now I think right. without getting too cue yeah. on everybody, I think that there's a deeper reason for that, but yeah. I'll let you jump yeah. in cause I keep yeah. talking. Well, again, uh, if you look at it from the spiritual side, and if we're born-again Christians, we're spiritual beings, uh, that's the broader picture. Yeah. What's the end game? What is God after? Well, he, he wants his kingdom throughout the earth, a kingdom of love, joy, peace, whatever. Um, and he wants to bring that to play. In order for that to happen, every kingdom of man must become the kingdom of our God, the Bible says. So technically, every nation has got to fall, go through some type of redress, uh, reset, whatever term you want to use. I don't like that term necessarily, <laughs> but but it's going to be changed. It's going to be transformed some way. And so, in a natural sense, it's like it's like discovering a disease and having to having to go into the knife to mm-hmm. get it cut out. It's not always pleasant. But if we want God's will, if we want what God wants, mm-hmm. uh, He has to remove evil. Eventually, He will. Uh, but we can participate in that process and cooperate with him in it, or we can be resistors and work against it. And I think sometimes the church works against God and things like this, rather than say, okay, Lord, we're submitting to you. I, again, I'm, I, I just think the other day we're, we're almost a mission field. We're going to have to reframe ourselves as missionaries. Yeah. When missionaries go into another culture, they adapt to the culture. They learn how to interact with the people and the culture that is, they don't go in with this expectation of changing the government, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They go in to work within the confines to bring the gospel to people. And I think that's sort of a, a refocusing the church as we move forward is going to have to have to look at how can we effectively minister in a culture that's becoming more and more anti-Christ or mm-hmm. anti-Christian. Uh, now, missionaries could help us a lot on that. Absolutely. Because I think we're going to have to retool in that regard. And that's going to be the, the weird dynamic mm-hmm. because how many pastors in America – um, not to be critical, how many pastors in America are, are not going to pull that off? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. um, when we think about that and it, and it does, I think you're a hundred percent right. It comes down to the simplicity of the gospel mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. So 
we have been so focused on living a certain way. Right. Um, society wise, like how do I interact with, with, uh, you know, my baseball coach or, you know, but we take for granted that we have a baseball team to have a baseball coach with the kid. I mean, there's so many things we take for granted. And I think that's the blindsidedness of the, of the right in this nation is Mm -hmm. wait a minute. Like how this has always been this way. Why is it going away seemingly overnight? Right. And I think that's, that's evidential to how quickly those things do happen. Right. Um, and everything's being accelerated at such a rapid pace that, you know, again, I, I agree. I think we have to move into that mission mindset. Um, but I do think, you know, you said something I think is really important, that every nation's going to have to go through a restructuring mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. to fall in line with the kingdom of God. Right, right. And what that looks like, we, you know, if we go to Revelation, mm-hmm. you, you have the battle of Armageddon. Yeah. But that, that's kind of like the, the period at the end of the sentence. Right. Like how we write to that point, Yeah, I think is very... Well, we'll we'll have to observe it. <laughs> right, that that is that is so true. And again, uh, looking at it from a spiritual perspective, uh, now there's so much. You know, we was talking the other day, you and I, about mm-hmm. Revelation, and and uh, so much of Revelation is history. Some of it's already come, gone, come and gone. Yeah. Uh, yet a lot of it is future. A lot of it is uh, uh, metaphorical. It's imagery. Um, so I think to a degree we have to go down into it to find what's the real spiritual message here, you know, mm-hmm. and the message is Jesus is King and Lord. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what are we to do? We're to be bringing him to people, however, and whatever our environment is, um, and understanding that is, it is Christ working in us. Um, and so, there's a there's another layer I think in the whole aspect of how this is going to come about. It's going to look different in the natural than it is in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And what might look bad and difficult in the natural may be the way of God in the spiritual. Uh, and we know that if you go through the Revelation, just reading it on the surface, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are very unpleasant. Right. But in the end, He's ruling and reigning, and we're ruling and reigning with Him if we're. Uh, part of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so there comes a point where I've often wondered, could I have, could I have lived in the first century church days mm. under the threat that they lived in? Cause they were told when they came out of Judaism to Christianity, they were signing a death warrant, right? That's what the word witness means. Martyr. They knew they were going to give their life for their faith probably. Mm-hmm. And most of them did. And yet they did it seemingly. We don't know exactly what the emotion of the moment, but they did it willingly. They went, uh, whatever, they they did not recant. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but primarily the ones we know about didn't recant. Right. So they had something that was so deeply uh, transformative in them that they, were, that they saw beyond the natural moment to the eternal realm, and mm-hmm. they were willing to pass through death to get there. And, and I think, again, that's a challenge we have because we, we've grown up in such a materialistic society living in a world of things and of accomplishments and of, and of structures and systems, all this that is so natural mm-hmm. that it's hard for us to think of not having that or, and wanting to give that up. When yet we, if we're going to enter the kingdom, we have to give that yeah. up, you know? So th- 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 those are, um, those are things we, I guess we have to wrestle with and make a choice. Uh, are we really believers or not? Are mm-hmm. we really going to follow Christ or not? Are we willing uh, to die to self in order to gain the kingdom and things that Jesus calls us to. Um, you know, Christianity is not a self-help religion. It's a death. It's a death to self. It's a giving up of your will for the will of God. Yeah. And that's not always uh, uh, 
easy, right. <laughs> and certainly isn't isn't always. Um, um, how do I want to say? You can't digest that always very well, you know, because we still have this tendency to want to think that we we have a say in the matter when it's really yeah. what he wants and what his will is, you know. This is the interesting paradox as you're talking. I'm thinking about patriotism versus Christianity, right? Um, and and I'm thinking about the second sentence in the Declaration of Independence, right? That uh, all men are created equal with certain unalienable rights. I think it's the second sentence. Yeah. Um, and this guarantee of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness among other rights is right. what it says. So it's not uh-huh. just those. But mm-hmm. here's here's the weird part of this to me. Um, you know, we as a nation started because this that statement is a belief across all nations, mm-hmm. right? This is, it was the Declaration of, the Independ- of Independence for the United States, but it is a statement that is true across the board, that all men right. are created equal. Right. Um, and and so when they make this statement, the question then becomes, what is our duty from a Christian standpoint? Mm-hmm. What would be our duty, if any, if those rights that were given to us by God mm-hmm. came into conflict? At some point, somebody tried to um, infringe upon those rights. And, I, you know, even as far back as Cain and Abel. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. um, and the wars that were fought. Uh, by God's direction, so that's I think this is the the problem. Yeah. You know, we we look at this today and it's like, okay, well, how, yeah. you know, and I, the simple answer is ask the Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how does a person parse that out or even justify actions like yeah. that? Well, and again, I think if I believe that, if I I believe I I come from a Creator who has established my life and my purpose on this earth. Regardless of what nation I was born in, what condition of life I live in, I have a mandate on my life by him, my creator, and nobody can touch that if I don't give it up. Yeah. And so I don't have to ever surrender that. I don't care what they may say or do. And I think, again, going back to the martyrs, uh, they didn't give it up. Yeah. And so, and even people today through ISIS that have been murdered for their faith, you know, they don't give it up because they've all usually given a chance to recant so they can be a, you know, poster boy for, hey, you know, look, they, they, they turn from, from faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody can really touch that. It's sort of like there's a land, there's a spiritual land, and there's a physical land. And we talk about this land of America, and that applies to Americans in America. But there's a spiritual land that we've all been giving, a life uh, that God has mandated us to live. That, again, um, if I don't surrender that, nobody can take it from me. It's like Jesus said, I give up my life, you don't take it. Right. I surrender it to you. And so I think that's uh, a mindset that um, I have been wrestling with to the degree, again, I say, could I have lived the life the first century church did? It's the same grace. It's the same call. It's the same God. It's the same gospel. Everything's the same today as it was then. Yeah. It's a matter of my choice. And it's a matter of how much do I believe mm-hmm. that that's uh, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And how much do I believe in what's beyond what I see, taste, touch, or feel, right? And if I believe that God is real, there is a spiritual kingdom, there's another world out there that's beyond this world, um, and I'm willing to embrace that above the natural, then whatever, I won't, I won't surrender that. Right. And I think that's the challenge for us is are we, my, as, as a pastor, the challenge sometimes I, I, I wrestle with myself as well as others that I try to minister to is uh, uh, 
I think we're yet so carnal. We yet are so ruled by our natural flesh rather than our spiritual understanding and truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're in the world, but we're not to be of the world. And so that's a real dynamic to, to wrestle with how you in something, but not of it. And so, you know, it, it's sort of like the apostle Paul, uh, you know, no matter what they did to him, he said, this is light affliction to me because right. he was focused on another kingdom. He was a part of another kingdom. He had a, a vision of something greater and beyond. And so if we can get to that point, I think, regardless of what happens around us, so we may like it or not like it, mm-hmm. we can we can overcome it because that overcoming essence is within us. It's not in our political party or it's not in uh, the circumstances we live in. Yeah. It's no matter what happens out here, in here, I am free. I, I am of the kingdom of God. I, this land is my land. You're not going to take it. I'm not going to give it to you type thing. Right. So that's um, that's a challenge for us. Yeah. You know. Well, if we look at the model of Jesus and and... All this is off the cuff as we're talking, yeah. so it just comes out. But I look at this model of Jesus, and, and I have my own little cognitive distortions here, right? Um, I'm looking at this thing going, okay, I'm a justice guy. If mm-hmm. someone, um, especially for others less than me, but for others, right? Yeah. So if somebody's done somebody else wrong, it infuriates me. Um, and I think about Jesus, the most violent thing that he did that we have recorded is turning over the tables uh-huh. uh, when the money changers were cheating people. And, right. you know, he says, you made my father's house a den of thieves. And and yet we also see, um, just as you said before, he gave his life willingly. He rebuked Peter, yes. right? So Peter, man, Peter and I have too much in common <laughs> because he's the yeah. first to talk. Mm-hmm. He's always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and he's often, if not always, humbled by the yeah. Lord's response. Uh, the thing I do like about Peter is is that that makes him a trailblazer in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I'm just reminded of when they came to take Jesus, and he pulled the sword and he cuts the guy's ear yeah. off. And and if you live by the sword, you die by the yeah. sword. And this, so Jesus's model, as I see it, is very. On on the uh, from a standpoint of the world in the fleshly sense, very passive. Mm-hmm. On the spiritual sense, no. I mean, and I think it's Paul who says the weapons of our warfare yeah. are not carnal, right. right? Right. And so, you know, I think this is the other little paradigm. What's interesting is, you know, we had the Crusades after Christ. We had yeah. the the actual bloodshed, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know enough of the history to to say this with a ton of confidence, but my gut tells me it was totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and this forcible, you're going to yeah. do this or whatever. Yeah. Um, that seems counter. And so as I sit here today and I think about our nation, cause I'm with you and I, and the mm-hmm. reason I want to talk to you about it is cause I think, you know, if I'm wrestling with this, surely a lot of others are mm-hmm. too. The, the justice side of me looks at injustice and says, this has got to change. Right. Um, but as I, if I read scripture, uh, there's going to be more and more injustice that's yeah. not going to change by anybody's hand on earth. Right. right. And so I've got to find a way to adapt to that in my spirit, man, and in my actions. And and so for me, I'm trying to turn all of that towards, okay, well, you can't change a culture by legislating it. Right. You can only change it by by infiltrating it, being a part of the culture mm-hmm. and and giving a better way. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know, just thinking again from a biblical perspective, <clears throat> down through the century, you think of the uh, image in Daniel talking about the great, the great uh, ruling powers. You know, Babylon, Greece, Medo-Persian, Roman Empire. Um, 
And then you look at America, which we were talking earlier, we've been given a free nation. We've been given a nation founded upon certain principles from our forefathers. It was fought for, uh, maintained through blood, sweat, and tears down through the centuries. <clears throat> and so to a degree, we have a, a special gift. Uh, what are we going to do when that's, uh, when that's threatened, you know? But yet, on the other hand, thinking of the Crusades and things like that, that's natural man fighting to maintain a natural kingdom or a natural order that he wants. Mm -hmm. Not that it's righteous or unrighteous. It's just man warring against man to gain the upper hand to maintain something or establish something. Uh, And I don't know in the natural world, that's just part of the natural world and always always has been. Even, you know, the Bible is filled with uh, Israel fighting its enemies, you know, things like that. So, uh, but yet I think it was all a progression to something that says when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. And he sent him into a despot kingdom. He sent him into a world ruled by Rome. Mm. Um, And uh, for the purpose of what? revealing us that his kingdom is not of this world and that you can live in a way that overcomes the world. Mm -hmm. And even though physically you may suffer and you may die physically, you gain something greater. And so I think that's the dichotomy here. Again, we're flesh and we're spirit. And are we, are we just flesh beings living in a flesh and and a visible world and that's all there is Mm -hmm. which some people that's that's their reality Mm -hmm. because they haven't embraced perhaps god or 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 spiritual kingdom but for us who have the spirit is always greater than the natural and the fact is we're all headed toward everybody born is going to die we're all going to give up our life some way somehow i Uh, hope i go down fighting uh, well i hear you (laughs) i hear you I, i agree totally and uh, but yet the fact is we're passing through. Yeah. And so if we embrace that as the ultimate reality, then we can navigate perhaps some of the more difficult things that we may face here with grace and with faith mm-hmm. that says no matter what, uh, I'm not going to back up and I'm not going to back off of, of what my destiny is and my purpose is, which isn't just to exist momentarily in this world is to be a part of something greater. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think that's where the gospel is so important and the message of Christ is so important because that's the only hope people have beyond this world. Paul said, if only in this world we, we hoped we'd be miserable people. And there's a lot of miserable people because everything's tied to here and now. Right. Whereas there's something greater. And not that here and now isn't important because it involves people. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who need to know truth, people who need to know love and, and be, whatever. But... Uh, as far as us and who carry this message, we have to be willing to say, regardless, I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to back up from it. And I'm not going to be swayed by it. And uh, if I live, I live. If I die, I die. Paul said, if we live with the Lord's, we die with the Lord's. You know, we're the Lord's. Mm. And so there's a, that's a little different way of looking at things, I think. But I, I think we're in America, we're going to have to wrestle with this because we, we have been so oriented to a culture and environment that has been pro-Christ. Mm-hmm. And now we're moving into an anti-Christ environment that's going to challenge us on a lot of points. And are we willing to just pursue the natural order? If that's the case, we're going to be, there'll be a lot of compromise. There's going to be a lot of things to maintain our kingdom. And yeah. if I'm building a kingdom to myself, and I think this is a, <laughs> this is another point. Uh, I think sometimes we, 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 uh, we take our vision, uh, we take a vision and we make it our vision Mm -hmm. and we build a bureaucracy within a church that has to be maintained. And we got to have people, we got to have money, we got to have buildings and lands. And so what do we, we become a natural 
natural order right. rather than a spiritual kingdom because uh, the spirit can function without a building. Mm-hmm. The spirit can provide whatever you need. I mean, it's just a different way of looking at things. And we have, we have uh, been raised in a religious culture that is so tied to the, the visible, the tangible, and, and we gain a sense of credence and acceptance by what we accomplish, what we grow, what we build. Mm-hmm. You know, my church, I'm going to build this vision, this kingdom, whatever. And in the end, uh, number one, we know we don't take it with us anyway. It's not ours. It's, right. it's, we're going to leave it. And, but, I, but my concern is we tend to compromise along the way to maintain that spiritual bureaucracy that we create yeah. rather than say, Lord, you know, I'm not going to compromise. You know, we're, we're going to do your way. And whether I have one person or whether they have a thousand people is not the relevant thing. The relevant thing is, do they know Christ? Are they ready? Do they, are they born again? Are they filled with your love? Are they treating people right? You know, the things that Jesus taught us to, mm-hmm. to really believe in. You know, I think that bureaucracy you're talking about is is contributed so radically to why the church is so ill-equipped for today. Right. Um, you know, because I think about even um, the simplicity, right? We're talking about the good news of the gospel. We want people who don't know him right. to know him. Now, my personal um, calling, I would say, is mm-hmm. to take people who who know him, but but barely. <laughs> right. <laughs> to take those sure. folks and show them a way, a sure. pathway where they can get to know him more, not right. through me, through their relationship with him, and, right. and show them some just real simple, like, mental approaches like hey this is a better you know like don't just sit here and wait for somebody to tell you something and i think it goes back to the bureaucracy we've learned in church to sit in the pew and be told what to think right and and so by that that thing what i do is i look at my own life you know and we talk about that simplicity what do we need to do that well i mean what do we need we need another person across from us and and to be able to sit and love them sure but that can be scaled up at right. different times, and it's like right. this room right now we're yeah. in, right? So we're in the yeah. back room, my older boy's old bedroom, converted <laughs> into a podcast studio. Yeah. Because, um, you know, with these things, which most everything in here was originally purchased by me, mm-hmm. not even the company, right? Mm-hmm. Because from my standpoint is I want to I want to do this. I want to sure. create an opportunity for people to get their word out. Right. And, you know, it may go away. Sure. So I think a lot sure. about platforms and freedom of speech. So I don't hang my hat right on this thing we're doing now on podcasting or anything. Right. While I have that tool, I'll use it. Right. If that tool gets used up, we'll move on to something else because that's not where it is. And so I think what we see at churches on a grander scale is these different ministries, for example, and this is pretty controversial, I get, but <laughs> I have often, you know, I always tell people that, well, there's not a youth ministry, there's not a kid's ministry yeah. in the Bible. Like, you can't yeah. go find those yeah. specifically. Right. Um, so I'm a whole family ministry yeah. kind of guy, right? I agree. So, um, but what what's happened in order to lure or draw mm-hmm. or make your building more appealing We've created these services that we render to Mm -hmm. families. Um, And I think we've missed this idea, this reality that, you know, if if I'm a parent of a five-year-old and my five-year-old comes home with me from church, now I I do appreciate the service of being able to have someone to watch them at a certain age so that I can focus. Sure, I understand. (laughs) But in in general, um, if they come home 
one alive that's the first prerequisite that i need i need them to be unharmed you know but but after that i mean it's all gravy yeah. because it's my job as a parent to teach right. and grow them right. so equip me to equip my kids right um that would be the ideal scenario but you know we move into this place now to me when we produce these services these um amenities we we actually give an excuse to not do that right right so now our our kids yeah. are being all their spiritual growth is coming from this one hour a week yeah. environment yeah. and parents aren't equipped to do anything because they don't yeah. feel equipped. Even if they've gone to church their whole life, yeah. they don't feel qualified because of this bureaucracy that they're yeah. not a part of other than just sitting underneath. Right. I agree. Totally. I mean, so it gets in that whole priesthood of the believer. Like we yes. are all called. Yes. And, and yeah. so how do you, you know, yeah. it's like when I look at all of that, right, I'm going to come back to the point. Yeah. So when we look at all of that reality and we talk about being ill-equipped for what's happening, Today, mm-hmm. this is the fear I think a lot of Christians have in them. Right. If I can't go to church, how am I going to get to heaven? Yeah. They'll never verbalize it yeah. like that because sure. they have too much knowledge that says, well, that's not a requirement to go to heaven. But mm-hmm. but in their guts, right, yeah. they'll feel abandoned and feel completely hopeless. Right. And I think we've got yeah. to... This is the admission field to me that it you're is. talking about. This is it how is. we have to address it is. today's it world. Is. It is. And, of course, again, uh, looking at uh, what we've created as a, as a church culture and what we may have to uh, adapt to in the future is very radical. Because uh, I was just thinking, you know, uh, uh, Paul Yonggi Cho, pastor mm-hmm. of the largest church in the world, uh, he he said years ago he had it prepared. Of course, because they set up the cell structure, they could function whether they had a building or not. Right. And then he had it set because they lived, you know, North Korea is just right there. If they were to be invaded, all of his uh, church could go underground and still go on and do what they were doing because they were equipped and trained to do it that way. And that's a real that was a real revelation to me because mm-hmm. they lived in the reality that that could happen, so they were equipped to do it, and they had trained themselves and equipped their church. Even though they got to come together, you know, once every two months, if depending on the size of of the what he had twenty five thousand seat auditorium, and they had a million, almost a million people. So what do you do? Right. You get to come. You get to come to the church maybe once a month mm-hmm. or once every two months, but you function in in uh, in, in uh, community mm-hmm. every week, and that was the essence of the life was in the small group. And so when you think of the family, everything began with the family. God created the family first. And the family was to be, in my opinion, the, the base, the, the nucleus of the expression of God. And even in Israel, you know, everything was geared around family. That's why, um, uh, you know, their kids were taught in the home. They, they eventually had, you know, uh, schools in, in their uh, synagogues or whatever, synagogue school. But primarily it was the parents' responsibility to teach their kids. And they would through oral traditions. They didn't have the written word then, but they would tell the stories to mm. And, um, of course, we grew up in a culture totally opposite from that. Now, maybe our early fathers, it was that way, early, early forefathers in America, but the life I was born into right. was structured totally different, yeah. and I had to go to church to learn about things like that. I didn't, I'm not, although my folks, once they came to Christ, it changed the environment of our home, but we never became a nucleus of a priesthood a family, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, and so I, I think we're going to have to become intentional toward that and try and help reorient people to the responsibility that parents have. They don't birth kids just to have a kid. 
that's another soul to be developed and to be taught to know the Lord. And it's, it's to happen in the home first. Mm-hmm. The church to, should supplement that, but not be the source of it. And we've created the church as a source of it. And so what do we have? We have weak families. We have families that can't make it. We have marriages that don't make it. And because again, it's, it's like we've turned the thing upside down. Right. Um, and so I think those are challenges we're going to have to be facing as we move forward and understand the church is people together in Christ, not at a building. Right. Uh, thank God for what we have. Jesus said, follow me and you'll have houses and lands. I'm not, you know, you got a podcast studio. Praise God. These are great things because it's just, this just, uh, creates an environment for you to exponentially get this word out so much faster simultaneously rather than one-on-one. Right. You know, I think the greatest discipleship is one-on-one. Absolutely. But you have to have some way, uh, you got to hear the message in order to have the desire to come to know and to, to, yeah. to become part of it. Well, to get to that one-on-one point, it's got to be modeled. And I think this modeled. is what we've lost. So, yeah. So you you know me and besides mm-hmm. the podcast when I'm in in church mm-hmm. my preference is to be on stage with somebody else talking sure, sure. because it models the conversation and how you grow right we've we've spent all these years listening to someone give me forty five minutes yeah. and and that's the model so yeah. I'm like well I can't talk I do I can't okay. do that yeah. I mean I I used to tell people when I was working at a church I'm like well I mean I can fill them for you twice a year. Cause like I'm yeah. good for two, yeah. two, yeah. you know, monologues yeah. twice a year. Hear now when it yeah. comes to a conversation sure. every week, I'd be oh, fine, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, um, but I think that's the yeah. the thing. And I want to, I want to jump back to this idea because you talked about how Dr. Cho yeah. was, they were prepared. Yeah. Right? right. So for the American church to get prepared would require one of two tactics. One We'd have to admit that there's a possibility we won't be able to meet together, right? And that just essentially builds conspiracy theory, yeah. right? You're gonna—that's gonna be the the attack on it. Well, yeah. that's never gonna happen yeah. here. You're crazy, blah blah yeah. blah. We saw the coronavirus, the lockdown. That's right. That that took that away from us. And I said at the time, especially, yeah. I was like, "This is this is the church's chance, yes. and it's probably the one and only chance yeah. to start getting prepared for alternative right. ways of ministry." Right. The other way to do it, which is the way that I tend to do it is um just kind of start doing it yeah <laughs> you know sure. you start doing what would be doable right. you start empowering people to let them know hey you can bless somebody you can speak life right. into them and you don't have to know everything you think that the disciples who followed jesus yeah. they didn't know jack right, right? That's but, true. but when they got they yeah. got the holy spirit the holy spirit yeah. taught them the holy spirit gave them words yeah. when i sit down to counsel with somebody Nine times out of ten, I've got no clue what I'm going to say, you. right? I hear you. Yeah. I'm going to listen to them and let the Holy Spirit speak <laughs> right. back to them. That's true. And and that's just the, yeah. it's not the better way, it's the only way. Yeah, I agree totally. I agree totally. And again, we grow, we grow up in a system, uh, when we think about uh, evangelism, witnessing, whatever, uh, we immediately have in our mindset somebody standing behind a pulpit preaching out of a Bible, all yeah. these scriptures. Well, I don't know anything, so how can I? Right. It's not that. It's you tell your story. That's right. And just 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 bridge into that person's life. Uh, there was a book written a few years ago about evangelism. Just walk across the room and strike up a conversation. Mm. Start interacting. And then see what the Holy Spirit does, you know. In that sense, it's very organic. It's very simple. There's no pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if he opens a door, if he creates an opportunity, if there is a spark there, if there, however you define the presence of God that comes to, to transform a life, uh, he does it. Mm-hmm. But you just need somebody to go walk across the room and interact. 
And so that's a whole different dimension versus what you and I have been raised in. Come and sit and listen to us. And I remember when we got, were saved in California in the charismatic movement. Uh, I love the pastor, but he, he said, no, "We're going to we're going to go out and we're going to we're going to go door to door witnessing." You know, but he never went. He mm. sent us out. Yeah. Here's what you do. Well, that didn't last very long because we were scared to death and didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, and, and so the point was. That's not the right model. The yeah. biblical model is one-on-one interacting with. And I've often thought if if every person had a mandate to win uh, another one to Christ each year, the church would double every year. Right. You know, I mean, you talk about exponential growth. Right. And it's not systems and structures. It's just caring for people and loving people. Yeah. Or if he, one family would say, "Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, God give me a family to give us a family to to reach and to just interact with and." And not to go in and, and beat them over the head with the gospel, but just develop friendship, develop, you know, and then as God, as you say, in conversation, God opens the door, creates an opportunity mm-hmm. where it's non-threatening. There were, they trust you enough to hear you. You know, there's just a whole lot of this stuff that, that I think is so relevant that we don't know anything about because that's not our culture, yeah. but it was the biblical culture. Yeah. And it's funny because we speak in those terms, right? When someone to the Lord, we speak in those terms, but in America, we're really talking about discipling, discipling people, people because right. I mean, what a, something like 85% of America claims to be Christian. Right. Well, you, okay. That's Hello. a, that's a huge number, right? <laughs> right. So, so, the, and that's really when I talk about my, my goal, that's really what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, Taking people who've proclaimed Christ and, mm-hmm. and discipling them to hear right. His voice, mm-hmm. and not rely on me or any other man, right, to get direction, to have um, any kind of com- like we're not the comforter. The Holy right. Spirit is the comforter, right? And so, um, in order to do that, we've got to be intentional. And just as you're saying, it is one on one. You know, Jesus could handle twelve at a time. Yeah. One of those didn't make it, right. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I don't think yeah. I can handle 12 at a time, yeah. but, but, but I think the thing is, it's not, it's not a system. It's not a program right. or a plan. It's just a, it's an investment in life. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's about taking the opportunity as it comes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times that, that I'm sitting around, I'm like, man, I want to reach out to this person. I, I had a couple over the other night that yeah. I just was sitting there going, I want to invite them over. Yeah. Now I trusted that that was the Holy Spirit saying it. I didn't go through all the dynamics of that in my mind. Right. right? I didn't sure. say, well, I didn't call my wife, Lori, I'm really feeling led by yeah. God today. <laughs> right. I um, I just said, Hey, can we have them yeah. over? Sure. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? But yeah. I think that's the thing. The funny part is this, you know, a lot of people get concerned. They're like, well, what if I miss God? Well, tell me what's, <laughs> what's the harm. Yeah. Let's say that God didn't direct me to invite that couple yeah. over. Yeah. What happened? That yeah. was so bad. Right. Right. <laughs> right. They came over. We shared a meal. We yeah. loved each other. You don't have to ask God um, about loving other people. Right. You just do it. That's right. And yeah. so I think, you know, this is the paradigm mm-hmm. that is going to have to shift in the church in America mm-hmm. and really the church in the Western world. Right. And and to me, and of course, you and I, you know, some of the plans that we have moving forward yeah. coming in the next couple months. Yeah. I think those are the. These are the precursors, the forerunners to right. pre- create that model and to be able to help people start doing that. And I think ho- hopefully, ultimately, we'll be able to help other churches do that right. as well. Right, that's true. That's true. But I think I, I do have this question, too. This is something that I, I hate to put you on the spot, but everything's <laughs> on the spot, right? So I'm thinking about the folks that stormed the Capitol. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. What would you say, if you were, if you were there in D.C. when this happened, and you heard the calls or the cries, you started to feel 
the crowd mm-hmm. start the whoever they were you know start to rile up and say let's go let's go take mm-hmm. the capital whatever i don't mm-hmm. know what they said <laughs> yeah right right but if you're in that environment and you've got a bullhorn what mm-hmm. would you have said to that crowd not and i know hindsight and all that <laughs> yeah. other stuff so yeah you know yeah no no one's holding you to anything except i'm just curious right right you know i i would want to say don't i would want to cry out don't yeah don't 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 uh but again you have the whole crowd dynamic you have the whole uh emotion of the moment thing uh, sort of like what they did to strip the crowd against jesus you know right um yeah they call for barabbas they call for barabbas i mean come yeah. on yeah right right <laughs> right and uh uh i i i guess again i i am somewhat uh and the question is, was that perpetrated by an, by, by an infiltrating group that started it, you know, sure. blah, 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 to create an environment where they throw the doors open, let them come in freely and all this? Was all this pre, predetermined, you know? Um, and I don't doubt that that's probably part of it. But yet, on the other hand, uh, we weren't there for that. We were there right. to just be a visible uh, protest against what we felt was injustice, uh, not to storm the the building and take it over. Mm -hmm. So I would hope that I would have said don't. Yeah. um, And had enough spiritual bearings established within me to know instinctively that isn't the thing to do right here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think again, uh, that's a challenge we have because being physical and spiritual at the same time, emotions can be very, very strong and motivational to do things that Mm -hmm. we, in, in, in hindsight, we say, man, that was dumb. I should have done that. And so we have to again. Bible talks about being led by the Spirit. Try and endeavor to be led by the Spirit. What what instinctively does He mm-hmm. say we should do at this point in you, time? You know, it's weird. I, I I don't know that this didn't happen. Yeah. Because obviously we weren't there. Yeah. But um, Philip Renner um, has been going to different capital cities in the U.S. and worshiping at the mm. steps of these capitals. Okay. And I I can't help but think the atmosphere change that could have yeah. been if they're at the steps of the United States Capitol was a worship service. Right. Sure. Voluntary. Obviously I I'm not forcing you. anything, Yeah. but, but having that, what would have changed? Right. And, you know, because again, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, right? But what it is when we worship and pray and we seek the Lord, that is mm-hmm. action. Yeah. That is spiritual action. Right. And so, you know, it, it does beg that question. I mean, my goodness, what, how different would yeah. have that day been? Yeah. And again, maybe there was somebody on the steps of the Capitol doing worship. I don't yeah. know. I don't right. think so. I didn't right. see that. Yeah. But, you know, this is the thing. And, in, in, um, you know, I, again, it goes back to the liberties being infringed and all these yeah. things as I see it. You know, sure. a lot of people disagree with that. Yeah. Obviously, they're not yeah. saying, yes, we should. I mean, I don't know anybody on the left going, we are infringing on your rights. Yeah. Like they're not no. owning that. No. <laughs> they don't believe they no. are. <laughs> um, and so that's a matter of interpretation, I suppose. Yeah. But, but you know, you look at that and it's just like the the shift and the, and the, uh, the mentality that we're in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you just, we need to take the approach that, that uh, at least for Christians, we've we've had to we've kind of separated, because I would say a vast majority of Trump supporters yeah. are going to say you know they're Bible believing Christians, yeah. right? Sure. Well, again, eighty five percent of the country says that, sure. so of course. Yeah. Um, and so you, it's almost like let's challenge let's challenge that mm-hmm. if that's where you are, mm-hmm. then why don't we stop doing things in the natural and start doing things in the spiritual? And again, I mean, I'm talking to myself sure, here. I hear you. 
I hear you. I hear you. I don't know. Well, you know, it's like uh, I was just thinking a while ago. Uh, there came a point Jesus told his disciples, go go buy a sword. Yeah. Peter took up a sword to defend Christ, right? Mm-hmm. But eventually he was so full of Christ, he gave himself up and was crucified upside down for Christ. Yeah. Something happened. He became a spiritual man more than just a physical man. He saw things through spiritual eyes rather than just natural eyes. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 he looked beyond the present to the eternal. And so, again, I think that's easy to talk about. It's, it's difficult in the heat of the moment, I'm right. sure. sure. But yet, uh, you know, there came a point with all those apostles after the day of Pentecost when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were taught to be led by the Spirit and stay full of the Holy Spirit, keep self-crucified, your own will, mind, emotions, whatever, however you want to phrase that, uh, so they were able to function in a hostile world at the very threat of their life without uh, any trepidation or, or, or regret or anything. They just did. And even if it came to their life, they're willing to give it up. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think we're dealing with the aspect of we say we are Christians, but do we really have Christ ruling in our heart? Yeah. We say we're a Christian nation, but is he really leading us and directing us? Or, again, that's just the the mantra, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a challenge too. Is um, and probably, and I know I know Trump has had people surrounding him in prayer, leaders in prayer. You know, it would have been it would have been great if somebody said, "Hey, let's let's have a praise service. Let's not go down and make this a political thing only. Let's 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 just worship and see." Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody suggested that. I have no idea. Right. But regardless, I think that's true. I think if we can overlay it with the spiritual, uh, focusing on God, not just the political injustice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that might have changed the dynamic. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, it's, uh, I, you know, atheists, I, most atheists um, are radically, and I say most, maybe all of them, but all that I've ever heard are radically against the death penalty Yeah, because they don't believe in anything after. Right. Right. So if a person's life, it's tragic. I mean, next level tragic when a person dies. Right. And you know, when you look at that reality and then you weigh that against people of faith, right. You have, um, you know, radical Islam and I am drawing a a line there. Radical Islam, they have no problem dying. Now, why is that? Because they fully believe in an afterlife. Right. They they believe they are eternal beings. Mm-hmm. And so so for an atheist to look at that, it's perplexing. Like, how can you possibly yeah. think in those terms? You're deluded, whatever. Yeah. Well, this, this comes back now. If I look at it in terms of Christianity, yeah. our actions, how m- many of our actions are indicative of what we actually believe? Do we really believe yeah. that we have an afterlife? Yeah. Do we really believe that if we look at our actions and how we behave in that? And, you know, you talked about Peter in that whole process. It's funny because what it reminded <laughs> me of was Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> so strange. But I was thinking about the original yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. And Obi's like, oh, Obi, because we're on first name basis. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so, so Obi, yo. So, so he goes to fight Darth Vader and they fight for a little bit. But at the end, when Luke can see him. He sees, he locks eyes with Luke. Then he, and spoiler alert for those who haven't watched a movie that's 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. 45. Anyway, um, he locks eyes and he lets Darth Vader defeat him. Yeah. 
because he believes in an afterlife yeah. because he knows he will become more powerful. In fact, he says it. He says to Darth Vader, he says, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you'll ever know. And yeah. and I think, you know, allegorically speaking, this is this is the reality that Peter grew to this point where he mm-hmm. recognized, man, I can I can do what I can do on right. earth. But the reality is, is that um, to die is gain. gain. Right. And when you come to that mm-hmm. understanding, it's not that you're seeking death. Paul never sought sure. death. Sure. He just stopped being afraid of it. Right. And this is the only way I think Christians would, they don't, none of them want to be martyred. Right. I don't know many Christians who's like, man, I yeah. can't wait to get martyred. Yeah. There right. are some. Yeah. But, but we have to be able to be okay with being martyred. Right. You know, I was having this discussion with a friend of mine the other day and I said, you know, I would like to believe that if I was challenged, if someone said, I'm going to kill you mm-hmm. it, unless you deny Christ. Mm-hmm. I would love to believe, and I, I do think this, that I would still not deny him. Yeah. But I, I turned the tables a little bit, and I said, I think both of us could say that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But what if they had a gun to the, your son's head and said, right. I'm going to kill him if yeah. you don't deny Christ? Yeah. That is hard. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was real, and he said, yeah, I don't think I could do that. Because mm-hmm. because what do we know? We know the forgiveness <laughs> of Jesus, right? We know yeah. that if we des- denied yeah. him, it's not like yeah. we are doing this in our heart. It's a yeah. verbal statement. And we're like, God, I'm so sorry. I don't, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> we're still in a relationship. Right. But, but to be able to stand strong in that, mm-hmm. um, and man, I can't help but think we, you and I are going to mm-hmm. see a day when that yeah. is reality. Could be very well be. I mean, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. But my goodness, yeah. I always have to go back and look at the pace at which things have changed. Sure. And so that's where I come to that assumption is that, yeah. My goodness, what couldn't happen at this point? Right, right. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about the Jews Jews in Nazi Germany and how, you know, that's what happened in many ways, you know. And I've often thought, there's a a, a song that says, when the burdens grow great, his grace is greater still, something like that, you know. I think he gives us grace for the moment. Mm -hmm. I think at that moment we would have grace to do what we believe to do. Um. And I would have to hope that I've taught my family enough to know that there is a life beyond this life, and, you yeah. know. But yet, you know, you you think of it so traumatic to even think of those terms, right? But it is reality. It has happened down through the centuries, and it could very well happen in our in our culture today. So I think those are terms. Again, it's sort of like a lot of people from a pastoral perspective don't like to don't like to do pre planning for for their funeral, right? Some people just can't stand it. <laughs> And yet most people that don't have issues at the time because mm. they weren't, they didn't talk it through. They didn't, it's really challenging for them. And uh, my wife and I sat down and did that. And our, our, our folks did it. And I, uh, we've tried to encourage our kids. You need to start thinking those terms, you know, uh, not that you want to die, but you know, what happens when? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think those are conversations we're going to have to start having because again, we've lived in a culture that's basically been very, very uh, benign as far as, uh, um, persecution mm-hmm. for Christ for Christianity and yet it's going to increase I believe so we're gonna to have to change the conversation a little bit and like we're talking about here we're gonna to have to change okay how are we going to function what happens if we lose right. what are, why are they coming yeah you know you can't have your 501c3 unless you do this that right 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 so you're gonna you know you, you can't pay the taxes on your property or your building so what are you gonna do type thing you know? mm-hmm. so uh, those are challenging thoughts but I think it's relevant to think it and it's relevant to begin to talk about it and plan for it because mm-hmm. something could happen like that, that before we didn't even give it the time of day. Right. But, 
today is different. Yeah. That's actually <laughs> one of the reasons when we set up the Stream Grace Network, mm-hmm. that's why we set it up as a for-profit. Right. Because it is a ministry, absolutely. Right. But yeah. I didn't want to be Go beholden ahead. to that. I hear you. And uh, I thought, well, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, if I if we get some point down the road, this becomes a stumbling block. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, let's not even worry about that. Right. But I but I think it is. I mean, these are things that could happen and change and shift. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we only have about five minutes left. Yeah. And so I'm going to get really out okay. there for the last five minutes. So okay. if anyone's hung out with us to this, you know, just know it's only about five minutes of the rest of this. But um, little conspiracy stuff. Yeah. So uh, China, China has been buying ranches in Oklahoma. Did you know that? Uh, I did not know that. Yes. They've been buying up land in Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, Chinese nationals. Yes. Not uh-huh. the country of China. Sure. sure. They've also, the country of China, I believe, uh, has been buying uh, property in the Bahamas mm-hmm. to set up a military base. Okay. And, you know, I say that to say that um, China <laughs> China is a, is a force to be reckoned with. Yes. Um, and a lot of people just kind of go, well, that's where all, we get all of our stuff. You know, things are made in China. How can we be at war with China? Well, I mean, we're not at, we're at, I think we're in a cold war with China. Sure. Yeah. Just not, you know, the problem is in today's world, like everything's so different. Um, I would argue that this nation is at civil war, but it's a fifth generational civil war. It's not fought on the battlefield. It's information. Right. Um, and hence why nobody knows who to trust about sure. anything. Sure. And that's, that's a pretty miserable place, yes, right? It, yes, it is. <laughs> so you do. Now, for yeah. me, I kind of like it because I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm trusting my gut. I'm going yeah. with because when I say that, you know, most people who know me know I'm talking about the Holy Spirit's talking to me. Right. And so I'm going to just take moves and actions based on that. And I would much rather live that way, mm-hmm. honestly. But, you know, you look at stuff like that, and as, and as people discount or discredit the idea, well, we're, we're years away from this thing happening, mm. um, you know, you look at the reality that right in the middle of the country, there openly we've found that, that China has infiltrated, has over 2,000 intentional infiltrations throughout our whole nation yeah. already. Right. Um, I don't know if they're referred to specifically as spies, but their agenda mm-hmm. is a Chinese national right. agenda and the yeah. communist party of China. Right. Um, so these are things that are very real that are happening mm-hmm. in our nation and they're happening so covertly mm-hmm. and we just don't know about it. I don't even think the news has covered the fact that China's buying up property. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, I look at it, it's very real because Christianity is not, uh, looked upon kindly in China. No, no, no it's not. No, it's not. And of course <clears throat> we, we know biblically they're, they're the army from the East they have the massive people, mm-hmm. uh, and they, the end time scenario, they play a role. And uh, so you think, in, you think in terms of uh, all that's happened over the over the course of time, and how China, you know, they they own so much of Wall Street, they own so much of our country anyway. Right now, it's hard to mm-hmm. uh, conceive. Uh, and then you know, it seems like uh, that. There are forces that are now in in power and leadership that befriend that and welcome that. Uh, they they call what uh, Beijing Biden, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, all the compromising of his son and all the tie-ins there, you know, and and uh, so again, those are those are realities. So what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, well, um, it depends if you're focusing on the natural kingdom or the spiritual right. kingdom, right. you know. The spiritual kingdom says it, it's it's going to happen that that things have to shift in this world to become the kingdom of God and mm-hmm. that Christ and his 
his uh, church is going to win in the end, but it's going to be a righteous way. It's going to be yeah. uh, the way of, uh, of, of love and not hate. Mm-hmm. Although there is, there is conflict, obviously, that, um, uh, you know, there comes a point to where a person becomes, um, what would the, what would the biblical term be? Um, totally demonized, totally, totally given over the, uh, unredeemable. Right. There's a place that seems that a person can go that, um, the Lord is going to cast them aside, eventually judge them, cast them into outer darkness, this type of thing. So there's sort of a, uh, a balancing of the scales of justice in the end, you know, how that's going to work out. I don't know, to be right. quite frank, frank, um, anybody who claims they do. Uh, yeah. Probably yeah, wrong. Yeah. But but I think again where we're at is we just we just have to possess this temple in sanctification and holiness mm-hmm. in the sense that we endeavor to live out the plan that we believe God has for us in the con- context of His eternal kingdom. Yeah. Uh, wrestling through all these natural things that we're going to have to wrestle with, but when the end comes, we have to choose Christ if we're His. We yeah. will choose Christ and His way and um, and see how. Uh, it all fleshes out. Yeah. You know, but, you know so many people were, were against 2020, right? I yeah. can't wait for this oh, year to yeah. be over. And it's yeah. funny because, you know, from from a na- national standpoint, 2020 yeah. sucked. For me personally, 2020 was great. Yeah. And and I think that that's, you know, kind of the hope of it all. And, and to end this podcast on a, yeah. <laughs> a mediocre <laughs> note, because I'm looking at this thing and, yeah. okay, my stance is this, and I've had this for a long time, but when you look at the Battle of Armageddon talked about mm-hmm. in Revelation, it's essentially all nations mm-hmm. on this earth mm-hmm. coming against Israel. And what I've said for years is that means the U.S. as we know it cannot be mm-hmm. relevant in that capacity. Either they're against Israel, mm-hmm. which is not the same U.S. that we've had, right. or we aren't really a nation, or yeah. we fold it into somebody else's. Right. So I have always maintained yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of hope for the United States in the long run mm-hmm. because of that end time prophecy. Yeah, and as I've read it, and again, very open for interpretation. But as yeah. I've read it, there's really only one prophecy left to happen, and that is the sacrifice on the on the uh, the uh, uh, Temple Mount mm-hmm. when Israel starts sacrificing again. Yeah, and they've got plans to build the right. temple. So right. when you look at that, you're like, okay, well, we mm. are in a literal countdown, right, uh, to this time. And so the hope is this: hope for our nation. I don't have much yeah. of any, but hope for. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God right. is off the charts. Sure. We are sure. coming to that place and right. we all have this opportunity. Which side are we going to be on? Right. It's not the side of of left or right. Mm-hmm. It's the side of righteousness. Yes. And his righteousness. That's right. And uh, so to me, yeah. I'm excited about it. Closing thoughts yeah. and we'll get out of here. Well, I think that's why what we're doing right here is important. The word has to get out that there is there is another kingdom. There's a choice to be made. You don't have to just live and die in this world. And that things are, uh, we know in the natural things change all the time. And so nothing remains the same to a degree. So if we can embrace the eternal, and that's the only thing that is, uh, uh, what do I want to say, uh, established, mm-hmm. uh, is, is we can navigate through this as challenging as it's going to be with a greater hope and expectation so that we're not... Um, uh, we don't lose our faith because maybe we lose our country. Mm-hmm. Our faith is in the kingdom of God and the will and the word of God. And his focus has always been on redeeming people. Uh, and so how he does it, sometimes he did it by winning war. Sometimes he did it by sending his people into captivity. 
different ways that God works depending upon what the situation uh, called for. And so, and I think it's important that, you know, the prophets in many ways, like in Jeremiah, you know, I know the plans I have for you. Well, he spoke that to people going into captivity for like 60 years. Right. So settle down, build your, build, build your vineyard, your, your house's yeah. vineyard. Yeah. Or 70, I think it was maybe 70 years now that I think about it, but you're going to be here for that period of time. So go ahead and live, function, but no, you're not going to be as free as you were in your land because you disobeyed the Lord or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so I think in that sense, again, if we'll listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, get the word out, do what we can to help bring others into the knowledge. There's another choice. There's another way. There's another world. There's another kingdom. Um, then I think that's what our mandate is, mm-hmm. not to preserve national uh, uh, identity per se, but to establish the spiritual kingdom of God and the, uh, the cause of Christ. Yeah. So those are things we're going to have to be wrestling with. But, yeah. Uh, well, John, thanks for being hey, a part of this, for, man. Thanks for inviting me, brother. It's always good. It's a blast. I, we've, you know, for those listening, we, John and I have had lots of conversations <laughs> off the air, and I finally like, okay, dude, we got to have one on a podcast. Ironically, it was most of those conversations were not about any of this, right. but. <laughs> But hey, I want to thank all of you guys too for joining us today and uh, just let you know that uh, we'll be taking a couple weeks off of the Conversations podcast, but we'll be back, uh, God willing, assuming nothing blows up and <laughs> we'll be back. Um, and uh, same for the Spiritually Wounded. If you listen to both podcasts, both of them will be taking a couple week hiatus. I'll be co-hosting on several other new podcasts on the String Grace Network, so we're going to have some time to get into those. Uh, you can check those out. Of course, I've been co-hosting on... Uh, uh, Randy Renner's scatter shooting from the beginning, and uh, Rachel Burch has got a new podcast that's starting. Uh, it's already out now. It's called My Brutal Life. I'll be co-hosting on that as well. And uh, we got a lot of new ones coming down the pipe as well. We got Brain Jelly uh, from Brian Anderson. That's going to be a, a blast. And um, oh, I think it's called uh, Unsupervised. Yeah, Rick and uh, Travis Unsupervised. You'll get a kick out of that. Anyway, God bless you guys. You want to find all these podcasts? You can do so at the Stream Grace Network by going to StreamGrace.com. And we will see you next time.